you know what I repeat what I said before Liverpool can win absolutely everything and Liverpool can beat anyone on the day so that knowledge alone should, should be enough to help you all sleep soundly at night we're, we're supporting a great version of Liverpool Football Club and if you didn't live through the soonest days well good for you because they were shit <laughs> <laughs> season three games we're unbeaten the Champions League draw is out as well the transfer window is done and dusted there's so much to talk about and it's a pleasure because Gareth Roberts joins us from the Anfield. Gareth thank you so much for taking out some time and doing this for us no worries boys thanks for having me on welcome Gareth all right Gareth before we get started uh, just how happy are you to be back at Anfield and to see 50 or 1,000 supporters back in there. Yeah, so happy. Um, I mean, it was so good, particularly Chelsea, in terms of the atmosphere, in terms of the noise. It was right up there with, you know, any of the any of the good nights, really. Um, so, it's a, it was it was piercing your eardrums, you know. It was one of them. It was, I, I don't know what it sounded like on the television. I haven't watched it back. But in there, it was like, you got a real sense of, wow, this is, this is loud. Um I thought Liverpool started that match really well, really, you know, high intensity, getting stuck into tackles. And, I, you know, I thought, here we go. You know, this is the this is the real Liverpool now. Because, you know, we had, we had a bit of a warm-up, obviously, with the Burnley game, but it's obviously not the same. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not a big game. It, it's not a late kickoff. It's an early kickoff when people tend to be a little bit sleepy and stuff. I mean, the atmosphere at Burnley was good, but um, Chelsea was another level. And obviously, other than that, you know, well, I was fortunate enough to go to the Wolves game uh, during during the lockdown. Um, obviously, there was only like 1,500, 2,000 in there that, that day. And that was weird. You know, you weren't with your friends. Um, there were so many empty seats. You know, we had a little bit of a go in terms of singing. I remember the Bobby song, you know, did quite well that night. And yeah. I, I, remember, I remember Matt had scored the goal uh, against Wolves and he come and celebrated at the cop end and... You know, that was a nice moment. So, you know, I'm not moaning. It was good to be in there. And it was great to get away from me flat at that time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Saturday uh, against Chelsea was was back to normal, back to what it should be. And, OK, a little bit of a shame with the result. But it was fantastic to see all the old faces, uh, to, to, to be back in the old routine, to go to the pub, to do Anfield Rap content immediately after the game from a pub. Um, you know, because we've, we've had to do so much over Zoom and not in person and that kind of thing. And, you know, fo football for me is is about being together, is about being part of something, is about community. And we've sort of been lacking that with the with the weird version of football we got, you know, with the empty stands. Well, absolutely. You know, um, sitting so many miles away from Anfield, Gareth, I mean, we, we were so happy. Uh, just to see a full Anfield. It just feels like us. It's just, I mean, the empty Anfield, it was, you know, almost like watching an, another team, not play, but, you know, watching another team in that particular stadium. But um, Manu spoke about the start of the season, Gareth, and, uh, you know, I think, personally think we've made a brilliant start to the season. Um, what, what have you, 
what have you made so far of you know the season the way it has started and the results that we've got yeah really strong start um i don't think you've seen Liverpool at the very best yet, um, but e- equally I wouldn't sort of expect to. Um, you know, you've got quite a few players, key players, returning from injury. I- I've been surprised by how good Van Dijk has been. I thought it might take him a while. I thought he might be a bit rusty. He certainly looked a little bit rusty in some of the friendlies, but once it's got to competitive action, you know, he's been superb. But I still think there's you can get a little bit more from him. Uh, Henderson, I thought, was... You know, didn't have one of his better games against Chelsea. I thought, you know, the system didn't really suit him. He was on the wrong side and stuff like that. Um, so I still think there's more to come. You know, we're on seven points out of nine. The, the drop points are against Chelsea who are going to be right up there going for a title. I understand why people got frustrated about us not winning that game. You know, I was at the game myself, as I said, and, you know, Liverpool had all the ball. Chelsea sat in and it was up to us to break them down. But, you know, you're not playing... The quality of Chelsea's defence uh, week in, week out in the Premier League. And I think, you know, Liverpool will go, what, you know, there's 38 games to play. They probably go in into 30 of them at least as favourites. So I think I think we're well set to, to be right up there, to be challenging for the title. Uh, I'm sure we're going to come on to talk about the transfer window um, <laughs> and, and, and people's reaction to that. But... I think it's worth remembering that this is a group of player players, bar one or two, obviously Genie going and Shaq going, um, that have achieved 97 and 99 points in the Premier League. And I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little bit puzzled as to why they've been written off by so many. I mean, I've yeah. seen Gary, I've seen Gary Neville today. I mean, there's no <laughs> surprise there's no surprise there. He's you know, he's a Manchester United, former Manchester United player on the record in the past as not being the biggest fan of Liverpool and Scousers. So the he, him coming out and saying he can sense something wrong at Liverpool, I always think stuff like that's a little bit mischief-making, you know, based on what. Um, so I'm not burying my head in the sand. I think there are some issues that, you know, again, we'll get into about the transfer situation, about maybe Michael Edwards leaving as well, yeah. about Genie being allowed to leave. You know, the, there are issues there, but if we put the issues aside, I, I don't want the issues to override what could still be a good season and, and an enjoyable season. And, you know, I thought it was great that you opened this chat by talking about, well, what was it like to be back in the ground? Because that's the big thing for me. You know, Liverpool operates on another level when they're backed by the fans and Kloppers. Klopp has engendered that approach, if you like. He's encouraged that approach. He's drummed it into the players. He's drummed it into us. And so, you know, there was a drop-off last season, obviously. There was loads of injuries. But also, when Liverpool were having the bad time and suddenly lose the home record with that defeat to Burnley and then go on a run of home defeats, I think they were really feeling the lack of support then. Do you know what I mean? They didn't have someone there to, to keep them honest, to get behind them, to get the blood going. And they have got that now. So I think we've got every chance. We'll be right up there. We'll be fighting all the way for the title. I expect us to to get through that group uh, that we've got in the Champions League as well. So that, look, th- there's stuff to be concerned about and there's stuff to be debated, but it's an exciting season. It's back with the fans and Liverpool are one of the best teams in the league. So that's all right, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what we've been talking about, Manas, right? I mean, uh, there's nothing to be you know so much concerned about. I mean, we, we have the best manager in the world. Uh, we have a we have a starting eleven that's capable of beating absolutely everybody in the in, you know uh, on, 
at any given point in time. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of doom and gloom, but uh, there's not a lot of basis to it. But but uh, I'm sorry, guys. So my uh, my camera is acting weird. So I'm just going to be an audio. But uh, Gareth, you mentioned about being lonely. You know that time where the fans were not there, the team was suffering, and we lost six on the bounce at Anfield. Now yeah. to have the fans back, we lost so many defenders. Our midfielders were playing at centre back. They got injured as well. So it was a very very terrible time. now in the midst of all that i remember we were playing against leeds last season and uh, the european super league saga happened and the owners apologized and now in this transfer window as well we haven't been too active so this is this is something which is very 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 vo- everyone's very vocal about the fact mm. we haven't replaced jini van alden we haven't replaced shakiri we have let go of a few players as well what do you make of the transfer window gareth yeah i think i think it's disappointing there's no two ways about it um obviously we we did the business early with canate and you know we're now well stocked at center half um which was obviously an issue for us last season so you know the, the, there's an argument to be made that liverpool aren't going to concede a lot of goals this season and that's obviously a good basis to go on and win anything really you know if you if you're keeping the goals out if people can't get through yeah then it's just about scoring goals at the other end and i think that's that's where you know people's anxiety is through the roof because we all know that at the best the front front three we have got yeah. are right up there with, with anyone in the world the problem is no one not one person not one liverpool fan doubts mo salah and his contribution to liverpool he's absolutely brilliant one of the best to ever pull on the shirt so yeah. so you can park him off but the other two have not been at the level that we've been used to seeing in the past you know bobby there's been a bit of a drop off now for a couple of seasons sadio mane didn't have a great season last season just so we've all enjoyed this contribution of course but then once you drop them past them as well there just isn't any great depth up front you know to see us struggling to break down chelsea albeit that they are you know a good side a good goalkeeper a good back four um when you were looking at the bench for options to change that it was like well you know minamino's there but he let minamino go out on loan so he, mm. he you know he, he clearly was not happy with his contribution last season there's talk today about sort of well he's in a better place he's fit and he's stronger all the rest of it i actually thought that was true in in one of the friendlies where he had a decent game and i thought myself i thought he does look stronger now he looks like he can hold the ball up a little bit better he looks like he won't be bumped off it by defenders as much so who knows we will see but equally you can understand the anxiety of not bringing in another one who's who's better than divock origi for instance because divock i think is is races run at liverpool he wasn't in the he wasn't even on the bench uh, at the weekend yeah. i think it's been it's been widely known that liverpool were willing to sell him um, and so it's just a bit of a strange situation with him now and the idea that we have to call upon him at any time in in premier league games you know you you inevitably fear the worst about that so i think we could have done with one more up front uh, in midfield as well look in midfield's a strange one in that right now if you look at it there are loads of options and so it's easy to say well what's all the moaning about because we've got Kaita we've got Chamberlain we've got Milner we've got Elliot we've got Henderson you know we've got Curtis Jones so, so you can reel off all of these names and you know Jürgen's been doing that the problem is that you know looking at it as a fan you're like well Naby Kaita hasn't been reliable for Liverpool in terms of his fitness neither is Oxley Chamberlain 
And, you know, Genie Wijnaldum was the most reliable man at the club yeah. in terms yeah. of fitness. He played virtually every game for Liverpool that he possibly could. Started virtually every league game. I think it was 52 appearances last season. And OK, people are saying, well, Thiago is his replacement and Thiago just came early. But Thiago's already suffered some injuries and he's sort of into his, in, into his 30s. So... For me, it would have made sense to to look for something in between. So, you know, you've got Curtis Jones and Elliot at one end, you know, 18 and 20, I think Curtis is now. You've got the more senior players at the other end, the likes of Milner, Henderson, etc. Someone in the middle, you know, 20, 24, 25, who could have come in, could have played some minutes, could have played some games and started to bed themselves in. Yeah. I think would have made I think would have made sense as well. So there are two positions there that I think Liverpool could have been moving for. Of course, there's the you've got to sort of caveat it, and this isn't an excuse. Mm-hmm. It's a caveat to say we really don't know what was going on in terms of like Liverpool were linked credibly with a string of players through this transfer window, yeah. and it, it it came from it came from reporters that you can trust, not just people who are generating clickbait, people who've worked on the patch in Liverpool for a long, long time, who we know have got good contacts, and you know the likes of Neuhaus and and you know players like that do. It said to me that Liverpool were trying to sign the likes of him, but perhaps mm. the money wasn't right in terms of the fee, in terms of the wages, whatever it may be. And look, it didn't happen. I think what Liverpool... Liverpool have made mistakes in the past going yeah. for second, third, fourth and fifth choice. And I've made the argument myself years ago, a past version of me has said, well, why did we sign Jermaine Pennant? We didn't really want Jermaine Pennant. He was, a, you know, he was way down the list of players we actually wanted. So why did we get him? But now here's here's me in 2021 saying, well, they should have bought someone. So it, it, it's, it, I, I think it's, I think it's difficult. You know, people make out as though it's really easy, and people just, I'll oh, just go and spend X, go and spend Y. You know, they're doing it and they're doing it. The other thing I think we, that is worthy of discussion is sort of how Klopp manages the club, and you know, throughout his whole time here. There's probably only really been Sacho who he had a problem with and yeah. he shifted out because he had a problem with everyone else virtually to a man. Maybe Jordan Iber got the impression something went on there. Um, but, you know, everyone else speaks highly of Klopp, f- feels like they've been treated fairly by Klopp. And that's the culture he's created around the club and around the squad. So, for instance, when people just say, well, just get Origi out. Origi's got a contract. They gave him a contract after they won the European Cup. And if Origi yeah. doesn't want to move to Wolves or whoever else were coming in with offers, and he says, I want to stay and fight for me, please. What can Jürgen Klopp do? We can't throw him under the bus. You know, yeah. he can't say, we'll just get out of the one. Yeah, you know, it's not his way of doing things. So I, I think an appreciation of, you know, the difficulty of it would be would be good uh, if that w- was in the sort of the wider discussion. But, you know, obviously... Especially on social media, you know, everything's yeah. black everything's black and white, nothing's nuanced, there's no grey area, it's either FSG out or FSG save the day and nothing in between. For me, there's loads in between in that. I think I think they have made a mistake with this transfer window. You're like, could they not have gambled a little bit more on fees or on wages and got someone in? I think they're very, very, very risk averse, very conservative in how they run the transfers. And look, there's evidence to say like that's worked. Like Liverpool have got a good record of getting money for players and not paying stupid money for players coming in who haven't worked out. You know, broadly speaking, they've got most most players right. 
But now, you know, you can't help sort of shrug and sigh when you already see things. Like, I've seen something today saying they'll go for Basuma in January, and you're like, come on. <laughs> why didn't they go for Basuma now? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it's, Basuma must want to play for Liverpool, I would presume. Yeah. So there must, there must be a fee you can offer the club, and there must be a wage you can offer him where you could have got it done. And for whatever reason, they decided not to do it. So I think if some criticisms levelled at you know, the, that approach in this window, it's absolutely fair enough. But equally, what I don't want it to sort of... I wouldn't like it to like derail the season. I, you know, I want, us to, I want us to now go, oh, well, the window's shut now and we've already got these great lads. So let's get behind the great lads and see where we go, see what Precise. happens. Precise. Because just three games into the season. Sorry, Gareth, just three games right. into the season. Just three games into the season, you just feel there's so much negativity in the air. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but Nidhi, Nidhi, when you look at the squad that we have and the transfer window that we had, do you think do you think we have lost out on quality? Are we as good as we were a season back? Has the quality diminished? Because like Gareth mentioned, Jeannie Van Alden played literally every game. Yeah. Shakiri was an impact substitute. Uh, Konate has come in at the moment Van Dijk and Matip are your number one and two. Are you worried about that? Is there any need for us to be worried about that, Nidhi? Look, um, like Gareth was saying, I certainly understand, you know, why there would be concern. But here's the thing. Now, uh, compared to last season, we are already strong, right? I mean, our, uh, you know, issues last season happened because we did not have centre-backs. We went, went on and, you know, addressed that issue by signing one of the brightest centre-backs in the world, right? Um, I think we are definitely better off last season because, you know, right now, the uh, last season, the entire uh, centre-back pairing, all the options were decimated. Midfielders had to play there. Now, you know, we have Virgil van Dijk back. We have Matip back. We have, you know, Joe Gomez is going to come back after some time. Uh, we've signed Konate. What that does is also allows Henderson to go and play in midfield. That also allows Fabinho to go and go ahead and play in the midfield. Um, I think that, you know, um, I don't worry. I mean, look, uh, it would have been great if we could have just signed one striker um, and that would have been the position that I would have wanted to come in. But it is okay. We've not seen the best of Minamino. Uh, look, I mean, Minamino came in and, you know, he had to fight for his place in a highly disrupted um, squad. Uh, you know, we were ravaged with injuries. People had COVID. You know, tons of things were happening. So, Let's see is, is what my, you know, stance is right now. It would have been great if we could have signed a striker. But it's not like we are completely out of options. We have Jota. We have Minamino. I mean, Origi we already spoke about. So, I mean, it's not like we are completely out of options. Hmm. 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 Is that enough though? Is that enough though? Is, is, my, is my question because Gareth, you mentioned in the Chelsea game, we were a man up. We were desperate. We still didn't bring on Origi and Minamino, did we? Uh, Origi wasn't even on the bench, was he, for that one? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, that, that that is the question, obviously. I mean, I think on on the substitutes and the way he used them in that game, Robertson was obviously coming back from injury, so you think he's probably got in his mind, well, I've got to be wary of that. And I think, I think it was right, by the way, that Robertson yeah. was substituted because he, he was looking very tired by the end and he didn't have the best day full stop. Equally, Henderson in a, in a similar place, really, in terms of, you know, feeling his way back from injury. So, 
it's it's hard, isn't it? You, it's easy to just say they should just bring on all the attackers and go for it and beat ten men. But then if if he brings on all the attackers, goes for it, trying to beat ten men, and then Robertson breaks down and Henderson breaks yeah. down, then we'd be sat here saying, well, surely you should have known that those lads were coming back from injury, <laughs> you know. So it's uh, it's that that's the beauty of football, isn't it? So, so whatever the manager does, he you know he he is damned. I think I think look. In the grand scheme of things, a, a, a draw at home against Chelsea is, is no disaster. Yeah. Um. You, you can, of course, you can say there was an opportunity there to beat them. Uh, if there was one more, la- you know, the, the thing with transfer windows and buying players, like no matter how many players Liverpool will buy at any point in the transfer window ever, there will always be a fan or fans who will say we should have bought one more. Uh, and I've been that man myself. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm above it. You know, we've all done it. You know, could could the manager not have like why have we only got six centre backs? We should have seven. You know what I mean? You know, you, you can sort it. You can sort of go on forever with it a little bit. Um, and look, you know, I think one of the problems f- for how some Liverpool fans are feeling right now is obviously what rivals have done. So, yeah. you know, you, you see you see Ronaldo and Sancho signing for Manchester United, Lukaku for Chelsea. People are worried that, you know, the, the, the bar will be raised in terms of what, what you've got to do to win the league this season. But what I would say is we don't have to play those sides very often. It might come down to head-to-heads, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I, I would fancy Liverpool to beat Manchester United. I would fancy them to beat Man City, to beat Chelsea. And then the rest is down to us to beat in all the teams we should beat in the league anyway. And so, you know, people are talking about AFCON, of course. People are talking about injuries that haven't happened. I mean, what I would say is, you know, before last season went off, injuries were ridiculous. Yeah. We've got a group of fairly resilient players. Like, you look at, I mentioned Genie's numbers uh, earlier in terms of played virtually every game for Liverpool that he could. Mo Salah's similar. Robertson's similar. You know, so... we. For all that, we've got a couple of players who are injury prone. We've also got quite a few players that seem to be made of steel and, you know, just keep on playing, keep on playing. Virgil was one of them as well. So I, I, get, I get the arguments. Don't, don't, I said earlier, you know, I, I would have liked I would have liked two more, one in midfield and one up front. Mm-hmm. But but we have got a crack on now. And, and, and all this, like, sort of, you know, weird corners of the internet saying that they're going to organise a protest and stuff like that. Well... No one's gonna, no one's gonna turn up, mate, because the the mass feeling for something like that just isn't there. Yeah, I think, I think you know, we were all right, rightfully, um, really annoyed and indignant about what what the ownership group did around the Super League. Liverpool's yeah. name should not have been put against that, and that was made abundantly clear by everyone. And obviously, John Henry puts his video out, and then I think since then we've all been saying, listen. There's a watch and brief on you now, maybe more than ever, and we'll be analysing everything you're doing. And you need to you need to put a foot right, not a foot wrong. And and people are judging this window as as another foot wrong. Um, but you know, time will tell, won't it? I mean, there might be people in May who were able to say we won the league. Remember all that moaning in January? <laughs> equally, uh, you know, equally the people who moan in January and moan now might be right. But, yeah. you know, there's a fun in finding out, surely. I mean, I, this is still one of the best Liverpool sides that I've ever seen in all the time I've been going to the game. We've got an unbelievable spine. 
to the team. You know, the goalkeeper, one of the best in the world, if not the best. Virgil yeah. van Dijk, the best centre-half. Matip, really underrated. I think he's one of the best centre-halves in the, in, the, in the league. Gomez right up there as well. Trent, absolutely brilliant. Robertson, you know, you can go right through the squad. You know, Fabinho, best defensive midfielder in the league. Uh, and then you've got you've got the lads up, up top. So I think I think it's easy to get down about the transfer business, easy to get down about the window. And like I say, I understand the reasons why. But equally, we're not mugs. You know, we can beat yeah. we can beat any side in this league, and there's a long way to go. And all the things that we're saying about our side, like what if X gets injured and what if Y gets injured, all of those things can happen to the, all the other clubs as well. You know, Man City could have an injury crisis. United could, Chelsea could. And okay, you might say they're better stock to cope with it. And I, I could see your arguments in certain positions, obviously. But, you know, isn't it exciting to be thinking about watching someone like Harvey Elliott? I'm excited by that. I want to see Curtis Jones play for Liverpool. I'm surprised he hasn't already this season. You know, the, there's plenty to be excited about about this squad. And look, Cater, I'm, I'm very slow to be on the Cater train this season just because... He's let us down so many times. And look, some some of that is not his fault, obviously. He doesn't get injured on purpose. But I saw I saw the stuff he was doing when he was in Germany. And I'd love to see him do that regularly for Liverpool. And maybe it's this season. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. absolutely. I mean, look, uh, I'll say one thing that, you know, um, City, uh, Manchester City, with all their money, they could not sign the position that they wanted to. So, you know, um, I mean, transfers are really complicated as, as anyone would imagine. But talking about some, um, something really good and something that we fought really hard for, Gareth, um, what do you make of our, uh, you know, UCL group, our Champions League group? AC Milan's going to be back at Anfield. Um, we also have, you know, Simeone back. Uh, so, uh, you know, do we have revenge on our minds? AC Milan is... Gareth, before, Gareth, before you answer that, which is the trip that you're looking forward to the most with the travelling cop? Is it <laughs> Milan? Is it Porto? Uh, which, which is the third team? Uh, it's uh, Milan, Milan, Porto and, and Madrid. Madrid, I'm so sorry where we won it for the sixth time. Which is the trip you're looking forward to the most, Gareth? I mean, I, I would absolutely love to go to Milan. Whether I can make that work is a, is another question. I don't know whether I'll be going. Um, I mean, we, we literally don't know whether we can go as well because of, you know, the pandemic situation, etc. Um, but yeah, I would abs- I've always wanted to, to go to, to Italy, to AC Milan uh, or, or into Milan. That, that's one that I haven't sort of ticked off. Uh, I've been to Madrid, you know, I've been, I've been to Bayern Munich. I've been very fortunate at Barcelona. I've been to... Most of the big boys' grounds that when I was a kid and I used to dream about going to them, I've ticked them off. But yeah, the San Siro is one that I haven't ticked off, so I would like to go, but I, I'm not sure currently whether I can make it work. But the group, the group itself is is, is brilliant. I think I, I, I've seen some people sort of you know moaning a little bit about you know it could have been easier and talking about what other clubs have drawn and all this kind of stuff. It, for me, it's just really exciting after all this time, you know, without football as we know it. For the first Champions League game back after all this to be AC Milan at home, I mean that that you know if that doesn't whet your appetite, to, you know you're doing something wrong. You shouldn't be a football fan because that's absolutely amazing. It's the fit, and it, and it'll be the first time they've ever played at Anfield. Obviously, we've played them in yeah. uh, in, in finals, and you know there'll be lots of chat about 2005, which 
I'm 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 always happy to engage with because uh, I was I was fortunate enough to be there that night. Wow, um, you were there, all right? Yeah, yeah. I went to Istanbul, uh, and you know it was absolutely unbelievable. It was a dream. So, you know, that's not really that's not actually relevant, is it, to the to the game in 2021? But we'll talk about it anyway because it was a lovely <laughs> a lovely moment, and you know, that fairy tale stuff that Liverpool won it on that night. So yeah, it's it, there's loads to be excited about Porto. It seems like we get them all the time, um, but you know the lads who do go, the lads and girls who do go home and away, absolutely love going to Porto. It's meant to be a beautiful place to go to, um, so they're all happy that they're, they're heading back out there and familiar bars, familiar places. And look, you know you don't want to be disrespectful, but it, we normally do all right against Porto as well. Yeah. So so you know you'd expect that to be the case again. And look, and, and yeah, Atletico, you're right to say there's a little bit of spice in terms of, you know, they were obviously the last Champions League game at Anfield. Um, we lost that one. Uh, questionable performance from the goalkeeper that night, I think it's fair <laughs> to say. Um, so yeah, we'll, we, we'll want to put things right. And, you know, they've still got Suarez, haven't they, as well? And, oh, yeah. you know, I, I really enjoyed when we played Barcelona on, on that famous night when Fabinho puts that tackle in on Suarez, it really sort of, it took the roof off the place. Like everyone was like, come on. And, and you know, the referee, the spoil sport, give it as a foul, but it's a beautiful tackle. It's one of the best. So let's, let's, hope, let's hope we see something similar on Suarez again. I think you had Robertson winding him up and stuff as well. And there was a bit of beef there. So it's always interesting when he's on the pitch, you never know what he's going to do. Um, and yet there is, there is a bit of revenge to be had as well. Yeah. Manas, what's yeah. your go-to game for the Champions League group? Which one are you looking forward to the most? You're obviously going to be presenting it, so... <laughs> uh, I mean, Milan, of course. It has to be Milan, home and away. Yeah. I read it by the Anfield rap, which mentioned that Milan have not played a game at Anfield, which was just ridiculous to think about the fact a team that has won the European Cup seven times and a team that has won it six times have not played each other at the respective uh, home yeah. grounds. Uh, that is a game that I'm really looking forward to. But uh, Nidhi, I was telling you, you know, whenever we have Porto, whenever we play Porto in the Champions League, yeah. recently, we have a decent run in the Champions League. Yeah. So, we reached the final <laughs> and the, the season after Porto as well and we won the Champions League. So, I am... Uh, <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> by uh, the Champions League. Uh, finish things off. Uh, it's been a great chat. Uh, Gareth, there's a sense of... I, I think there are two worlds. The real world and Twitter. And uh, when it comes to the real world, you are literally in Liverpool and near Anfield. So, there's a sense of negativity which I am not liking as someone who's been supporting the club for a long time. I'm a kid, but I've been supporting the club since I can remember. Uh, we have, you know, we say we are Liverpool, this means more. We have an anthem which which is just, which is just, which gives me goosebumps. I got so emotional. Nidhi and me were watching the game, the Chelsea game. And uh, from a TV, actually we were watching it on the phone because we were before heading into my place. We were watching it on the phone while we were reaching home. And I was so... We stand for so much. And then there are certain people at times who have who have a right to say whatever they're saying. 
but then false they claim that other people are falsely positive how yeah, are we false positive i don't know what that means we i mean we 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 have a full anfield we have the best manager in the world we have the best center back we have one of the best goalkeepers of the best right backs one of the best left backs one of the best defensive midfielder the best player in the world in mo sala we have so much going for us i i just don't understand how how we can be this deflated after three fucking games of a season <laughs> how do you how, how can you process this gara does it make sense to you do you think this is a new phenomena with with the rise of social media that there is so much positivity and there is so much negativity as well listen i think there's always been you know glass half full and glass half empty football fans and and it's just amplified i think by by twitter and obviously you always see the most extreme opinions because it's the most extreme opinions that end up getting shared or, yeah. or replied to and and so they end up popping up on your timeline uh, what what i have what is new to me and i'm not enjoying one bit is is just the constant you know almost searching out liverpool fans to to have a go at them you know so you've seen the the sort of emergence of this idea of top reds which oh, is yeah. absolute <laughs> absolute bollocks i mean it it's it, the, the idea that um you know you just say everything the club does is right well well he's doing that because you know for instance i've been called a top red i've criticized the club loads of times i've criticized the club in this podcast right now i've criticized them over loads of things so the idea that i'm 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 here blowing some kind of pr trump before them i'm not i'm just telling you what i think um but but people look people look for their own opinion and when they find something that doesn't match it you know they start having a pop and for me you know I've started spending a little less time on it all I've got to be honest I used to be on there all the time and engage with lots of people and you know good and bad really but I'm I'm trying to sort of stay away from it a little bit I got involved a little bit lately because there were a few people having a go at the Anfield app in particular yeah, so I'll yeah. I'll always I'll always fight the corner for what what we've created and what we've been doing for 10 years because I know it's not true to say that you know we're, we're somehow in the pockets of the club we're absolutely not um and and the club will tell you that as well so yeah i'm a, i'm a, i find it a little bit weird and a little bit over the top uh but equally it, it, i think you said yourself it's not real life is it do you know what i mean at the end of the day because when liverpool have got a home game against milan there's not going to be anyone protesting there'll be people drinking enjoying themselves in the ground singing and shouting getting behind the reds and open the reds are on the march to european cup number 7 no one no one will be worrying about the owners the transfer market the transfer window or anything else on that day and at that moment and that's what's important and look if, if liverpool can go on a run in the league if liverpool can go on a run in europe like we know the capable of and like they've done before my hope is all this shit gets blown away and we forget about it for a little bit because dwelling on it creating a negative a negativity around the club bringing people down you know it, this is not what football is about you can have concerns and i've got concerns i said at the top of the podcast that you know it's concerning to me that michael edwards is potentially leaving it's concerning to me that liverpool are a little bit overly conservative in the transfer transfer window for my liking it's concerning that a lot of the the, the first team are, are aging together 
and yeah. we haven't necessarily got an underbelly of talent to support them when they drop off a cliff. All of those things are concerning, but right now, in the here and now, 2021, as we speak, Liverpool are capable of challenging for every single trophy that they enter this season. And there's been plenty of seasons long past now, thankfully, where we could not say that. I, I can remember my best mate that I've go to match with for years. I can remember there was a time where we used to say to each other, all I'm asking for is that we're still in something at Christmas. You know, like we're not like sixth, seventh or out of all the cups, you know, out of your... Because that there was a stage where that was what it was like. And there was also a stage where we used to celebrate top four. You know, oh, we got top four again. Wow. And, and now, you know, we've won the league. We've won the European Cup. We've got 97 and 99 points. We've got, as you said before, the best manager in the world. There's so much to be pleased about. And I just think, yeah, I've concerns about the owners by all means. I've concerns about that conservatism that I mentioned in the, in the transfer market. But get behind the fucking Reds as well and enjoy yourself. Absolutely. So, so true. Nidhi, Nidhi, uh, Nidhi, sorry, I'm getting very passionate as well. I want your opinion on this as well. I mean, all my life that I've, that I've been supporting Liverpool from Gerard Hulia to Rafa to Roy fucking Hodgson to yeah. everyone that has come in between. Uh, we were fearful of our best players leaving, if you remember. Like, Always. right from Always. Luis Suarez to Torres to Coutinho to Sterling. I hate to say this. Sterling was one of our very, very good players. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, a few more in between. Gerard, like, uh, we were scared of Gerard leaving as well. All you know, time. and there was a point. There was a point. Uh, but now, now, I, I feel we've evolved so much. People call us contract FC because we're renewing contracts. <laughs> they, they don't see the, the positive aspect of it, Nidhi. Our best players want to fucking stay at the club. Look, um, I, I know, I know the, the, the sentiment that, you know, uh, you could have done this at any point in time and, you know, things are there. Look, um, and people talk about Shakiri. Well, Shakiri, how much did Shakiri play anyway? When you know he was at Liverpool, of course he's had memorable moments, and we all love Shakiri. But he was not being utilized, so it is entirely possible that he wanted to leave. Now coming to contracts, look, I am absolutely over the moon that players like Virgil Van Dijk, players like Robertson, players like Trent, Trent, okay, fine, he's a Liverpool fan, but you know players like Virgil or Robbo or Fabinho, they're extending their contracts. You don't. This is worth its weight in gold because you know of course like gareth said we want transfers we want we all wanted a few players to come in but these are players that are already you know extremely well set in your system so them extending is is a, is a very positive sign and you know it is it is extremely important for throughout you know if not even liverpool you look at other teams they it is their number one priority to get their superstars tied down, their important yeah. players tied down to long-term contracts. And it's yeah. not just for money. I refuse to believe that, you know, uh, which is another argument being thrown around that, you know, we're giving them contracts so that we can sell them for a higher price. I refuse to believe that because, you know, these players, you you, you know, they are committed to the club. They, they give yeah. their all when they play. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it is absolutely amazing that we've had the, we've had, just announce Salah's contract and it'll be, it'll be, it'll be happy days. I mean, just that's the only part left. Just announce yeah, it. Yeah, Gareth, that, 
Gad, that's the only part left, right? The front three, and especially Mo Salah, his contract, right? Yeah, especially Mo Salah. I mean, as I said before, you cannot question a single thing he's done for Liverpool. And yeah, get him tied down, get him committed to Liverpool. It's it's going to be the biggest contract in the history of the club. And, and look, he deserves it. You know, he, he's done uh, absolutely everything he can for Liverpool to win Liverpool's trophies. He's been brilliant entertainment. He's a, he's a consummate professional and he's still got plenty more left in him. Um, so yeah, we need to get him tied down. I think it's interesting about the other two. Uh, there's yeah. less talk. There's less talk about their contracts because I think, you know, us included as fans, we're all waiting to see where they're at now. I think you know, Bobby and Mane could both do with having a season where they prove their doubts is wrong, because yeah. right now, right now, if they got around the ne- negotiation table, I don't think they're coming really from a, a position of strength based on their most recent performances season-wise, whereas Mo can just, you know, Mo's record is absolutely yeah. exceptional. So, of course, he can be knocking on the door saying, well, he can ask for whatever he wants, really, and it's up to Liverpool to find a way to get him to sign. Um, but, you know, you're quite right to say there as well what you said about, you know, you think about all the players who left Liverpool to go somewhere else, Suarez, Alonso, Coutinho, Mascherano, Torres, you know, we, we always were fearful of losing our top stars. And there is a big shift now where the top stars are committing their best years to Liverpool. And and some of them have committed past the manager as well. You know, some of them have got, they've got longer contracts than the manager. So for all the talk that, you know, there's loads of stuff wrong at Liverpool, there must be stuff right for that batch of players to be signing their football lives away, basically, to Liverpool. Absolutely. And I wanted to ask you, Gareth, about... Uh... Bobby and Mane, but you already answered that. All right, guys, uh, just to end this, Manas, your predictions for the season. Now that the oh, window is shut, our I mean, uh, Listen, I mean, I, I can't predict anything. Uh, it's too early to predict anything, but uh, I, I just want I just want to say something. We, we all want Liverpool to win the Premier League, the Champions League, the FA Cup, the League Cup, everything. We support the same freaking team, man. Sure, the transfer window was was not what we wanted. Sure, our owners, okay, they can be a bit stingy at times, but they are owners for a reason. They are big men for a reason. So, they're doing what they're doing for the betterment of the club. This is what they feel. Just back the team. Just, just don't create an air of negativity. Some people say this is just social media. Well, it did get to Genie Vernaldum as well. Okay, it did. So, uh, it, I mean, we are supporters far away. Let's just back the team. It doesn't matter whether Mbappe scores the winner, Henderson scores the winner, or Harvey Elliott scores the winner. They are playing for Liverpool, and Liverpool means everything to us. That's all that I'm going to say. Let's. And Garrett said one thing, which is so important. Enjoy this. Absolutely. That one year, I felt miserable. I felt miserable watching a game with fake noise. This is amazing. It's great to have Anfield back. Sure, Nidhi, you and me want to go back to Anfield. I don't know yeah. how long will that take because I really don't know whether our vaccines are uh, acknowledged in the United Kingdom yet. But <laughs> <laughs> let's see what happens. But I'm. I'm really looking forward to this season. Gareth, is there anything you want to say before you sign off? No, I mean, I, I think you've covered everything there. I would just say about Liverpool that, you know, what I repeat what I said before, Liverpool can win absolutely everything and Liverpool can beat anyone on the day. So that knowledge alone should, should be enough to help you all sleep soundly at night. We're, we're supporting a great version of Liverpool Football Club. And if you didn't live through the soonest days, well, good for you because they were shit. 
<laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, thank you so much, Gareth. Thank you for making the time for doing no this. No worries. Work. Thank you. We absolutely appreciate this, uh, you know, this gesture of yours. Uh, well, this is Menace and the Bomb. This was Gareth Roberts from the Anfield Wrap. Thank you for watching and we'll be coming up with much more content here. Cheers and bye-bye.